Hi, good people, and welcome to Black Women in Wellness, a podcast amplifying the voices of Black women working to create wellness in their communities. I'm your host and the creator of the series, Rachel Heath. And today I'm going to be doing something a bit different. So if you don't know, I I run this podcast by myself. (laughs) So I arrange all the interviews, I conduct all the interviews, I record everything, I do all the marketing, I do all the promo. And uh, I do my very best to try and make sure that, you know, every month I bring you a new story from a black woman who's just doing amazing work in the wellness world. And this month I was, you know, well, not this month, I, I try and get things together the month before. So towards the end of August, I was looking at options for uh, bringing someone on for September. And then I got an email and that email kind of changed the trajectory of the coming weeks for me because a close loved one uh, was in the hospital in the ICU. So uh, I'll, I'll clear up the obvious now, since we're in this era, it wasn't COVID related, um, but COVID touches everything that happens to us now. And, and so it'll come up in this story, but, um, but my loved one did not have COVID, but my loved one did have a very serious uh, condition. And, um, they were in the ICU, and so I, for those of you who also don't know, I, I live abroad, so I got on the first plane that I could uh, to the United States so that I could be there for my loved one. Um, so what I want to do for this episode is kind of tell my story of, of what it was like to deal with a wellness world that wasn't necessarily the one that uh, that I n- normally live in. Um, and so before I get into the rest of the story, I'll say that um, we are going to be talking about sickness and, and all that that entails. Um, so if that's a trigger for you, just have some care f- uh, with yourself for that. Uh, and I'm going to try and do this all in one take, so you're probably going to hear me pause. And um, I've made some notes, but, um, you know, um, it it may be a little more awkward than the usual episodes. Um, but I will try and, and stick to my notes as much as possible. Um, and the other caveat that I want to give before I get into the details of this story um, is that I, I want to make it clear that I understand that folks that are working in the medical field are are stretched thin, um, that they can often feel unsupported, um, and that we're in a time now where the level of stress on um, these medical workers is high, and um, a lot of folks are tapping out, so a lot of places are understaffed, and so I have a great deal of empathy. Um, however, I do also think that it is important to, to call out behaviors that, um, 
that may not necessarily be appropriate. Um, and so please know that uh, when I do so in this story, it is only because uh, I am telling the facts of what happened um, and not um, implicating an entire group of workers um, in the process. This is, this is my story. Um, and I will say the reason why I want to share this story is because more and more every day as we continue to move through this, this era, um, the work of wellness workers is incredibly important. And it's part of the reason why I started this podcast was to highlight um, people who were creating wellness within their communities. Um, and uh, just knowing that as we continue to move through this time, um, that even though we are needed, um, we may be coming from a place of burnout. We may be coming from a place where we can't necessarily offer uh, the fullness of who we are when we um, provide care. Um, and if that's the case, I think it's a good idea to, to step back, take a break, take a breather, um, and go back in when uh, we can provide the care that, um, that the people we're working with deserve. Um, so with all of that said, I got this message about my loved one, um, and I got on a plane and arrived, um, with the intentions of doing everything I could to provide support, um, for the family. Um, and the first hurdle, uh, was that, uh, the hospital where my loved one was staying was on lockdown um, due to COVID. So my loved one was not on a COVID floor. Um, however, there was no visitation in any of the hospital. Now we, we quickly learned that um, there were exceptions to that, um, which thankfully uh, I was able to get someone in to see my loved one. Um, but this is where I start to have questions um, because there didn't seem to be any protocol around these visitations. Um, it was really the luck of the draw. If you got someone on the phone that day who was in a position to grant a permission um, and deemed you worthy, then you got one. Um, in fact, the person I spoke with said that uh, they would be willing to offer a permission because I was nice, um, which is lovely to hear. But when we are talking about these situations where our loved ones are very sick and needing care, um, wanting to be there as a family advocate. And uh, the only way that you can finagle that is to be nice to someone, to me seems like a, a problem. Um, but then things got even more interesting when my other loved one went to visit um, because there were no temperature checks. There was no rapid COVID testing. There wasn't even any information gathered as a form of contact tracing. And so I asked myself, is this hospital really on lockdown or is this just a way to keep people out that they don't want coming in? Um, 
one of the most glaring things I saw during this time was um, this black family who had obviously just lost someone and they were not allowed space anywhere in the hospital to grieve. And so I see this family of people on a 90 degree day having to grieve their loved one in a parking lot. Um, but, you know, this was where my loved one was. These were the people who were in charge of their care. And so despite feeling that great level of discomfort with everything that was happening, there really wasn't anything that we could do except for maintain vigilance. And what that looked like in a lockdown situation after that one special visitation was granted was continuous cell phone calls and continuous calls to the nurse's desk where often I was greeted with an attitude of why are you bothering us and I'm bothering you because I can't be there to ask questions and because my loved one is sick and should not be charged with understanding all of the things that are happening to them. That's what family advocates are there for, to carry that burden so the sick person can get better. But instead of that being the case, I called my loved one on their cell phone pretty regularly throughout the day to make sure that they were okay. And many times they were, and sometimes they needed something and weren't being attended to, so then I called the desk. And nothing terribly grave happened until one day I got a call and my loved one was in tears. And my loved one was saying, I need you to be here. I need you to get here. I need you to figure out how you can get here. They're just being so mean to me. And in that moment, I felt equally helpless and enraged. Enraged that my loved one was sick and alone in a place where we had entrusted to offer care and being mistreated and helpless because I knew that if I tried to get into that hospital, I was going to be greeted by a group of security guards that would block my way. And so I did the only thing I could do, which was call and call and call until I got a human being on a phone that had some power to handle the situation. Now, in this human being's defense, this administrator, when I reported the details of the situation, which I won't get into, um, they immediately apologized to me and also went to apologize to my loved one and also took care of the person who had been cruel. Um, I say took care of it makes it sound like they were fired. They weren't fired, but they were um, pulled aside called in, as we say. Um, but, of course, that did not make me feel any better about my loved one's situation. And while I knew 
that my loved one needed to be in the hospital because they still had not pinpointed the cause of what was happening. I could not fathom how they would be able to heal in a place where they were dealing with people that they did not know and they were not being treated. The only word I can think of right now is kindly. Now, eventually my loved one was able to go home, but the damage was already done. And thankfully my loved one is, is recuperating and, and getting stronger every day. But the scar that that experience created it, it it's gonna be there I stayed with my loved one uh, for a week before I returned um, to my home abroad and um, the day I was leaving I I mentioned the hospital for who knows what reason and I looked up at my loved one and I, I saw their eyes just go cold and this terrified look behind them. And I thought, these were the people that we entrusted to care. These are the people that enter into this field to help people get better. And yet, they caused my loved one trauma. And so, again, I'll say that I'm sharing this story because I, I don't think we ever doubt the importance of the work we do as wellness workers, but I think it's important for us to remember what happens when those of us who are entrusted with care are careless and again I will say I understand that people are stretched thin but I think we all have to remember that we're not dealing with objects we're dealing with people we're dealing with people who are hurting we're dealing with people who are trying and I know in the case of my loved one that they had done everything they could to try and figure out what was happening with them. And the last thing that they wanted was to end up in an ICU bed. But that's what happened. And the only thing that they wanted, the only thing that we wanted, was for them to get better. Not to come home with new scars. I want better for everyone. And I want us to remember that everyone is dealing with some rough things right now. And so we can all try and come from a place of greater compassion. And that if we can't find that space of compassion, then maybe it's time to take a step back. Now, 
I have um, thought about what I need moving forward and just remembering all of the conversations with wellness workers that I've had in the past. And one of the things that we have to remember is that we have to take care of ourselves before we can take care of others. And so I'm going to be taking some time. I'll be taking the rest of this month and the month of October to, to reflect, to recover, and to heal. And um, I will be coming back in the month of November with something new for you. <laughs> uh, but uh, until then, I will invite you to check out past episodes. There's a great deal of wisdom there. I will invite you to take care of yourself in the best way that you can as we continue to navigate this new understanding of how we relate to each other and how we relate to the world. And I will invite you to remember compassion as you interact with people. It's a difficult time for many of us, but that just means it's a difficult time for many of us. Um, and so, we have to remember that um, everyone is dealing with this. So I won't ramble any longer. Um, I hope that if nothing else, this story was, um, was an open space for anyone who's dealing with the medical system who may have had a similar experience um, to know that you're not alone. Um, maybe it could serve as an example for wellness workers to show a, a little more compassion if perhaps that's gotten difficult um, to take care of yourself so that you can take care of others. Um, and if nothing else, it, it just gives you a little more information about me. Um, so with that said, until November, good people, uh, be safe, be well, take care of each other, remember compassion, um, and uh, I'll be back with you soon. <laughs>